this is Mas Ajati. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. This is the first time we're going to be doing video podcasts as well, so look for it uh, on YouTube. Uh, my guest, Ahmed Fahur, is a very dear friend of mine. And today we're going to be talking about something very different. We're going to be talking about the new business paradigm. Uh, and fortunately, the amazing thing, I've found uh, this dear friend of mine who actually has practiced uh, the new business paradigm already, and he's going to talk about, say, the successes, the, the logistics on the new business paradigm, uh, why it's more beneficial than the old business paradigm, and beyond. So, Ahmed, thanks for uh, being here. It's great to be here. By the way, we're at his lovely house here in Australia. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous view. So, uh, again, do you want to introduce yourself? Give us uh, your story on where you started. It's a fascinating story, by the way, guys. Uh, if he can do it with those circumstances, this gives you the motivation, the fascination to do anything that you can to get your dreams. So. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Mas, and uh, you and uh, your family and the business people that uh, have supported you as well have been um, wonderful people for us, for my wife and I, Diony. We've loved... Um, listening to your 21 day and we love listening to all your free podcasts as well. And, um, I mean, the, the bottom line story of all of this is, um, yes, I've been fortunate enough to achieve a lot of abundance in my life in uh, 360 degrees, as you said, but at the same time, um, I know that uh, there is so much more to life and to the spiritual life. And I'm really, been interested a lot more of how one can intertwine the spiritual, the 99% with the physical of the 1% to take one to another level. And this is why I think we have such a great connection with you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, the first time we saw each other, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, bro <laughs> what is it? brothers from another mother. Uh, but um, what we should do maybe is just get into, say, your successes or what you've sure. achieved and then go backwards on, say, where you started. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm very fortunate in many ways. Um, I come from a very humble background. I'm sure many of you know this story around the world of a migrant family where they go and immigrate to a new country and they are either, you know, first or second generation. And um, sometimes you can't speak the language. Sometimes it's a new community, whatever it may be, and you enter that community and you've got to figure out how to make something of your life. And many people have gone through this, who have traveled around different states, different parts of the world, and you've got to get started. And when you're the children of those uh, migrant families or you're the people who have come along on that journey, you're young and you're seeing what you see is lots of hard work, lots of trials and tribulations. And it really affects you, who you are and what you are. And you inherit not just the baggage of their ancestry, their history, their, their lineage, but you also inherit right at that moment all of the trials and tribulations of breaking into a community, breaking into a job, breaking into a country, breaking into a language, a culture, a way of life. And that, and that affects you as a young person in a very, very deep way. I'm very blessed that, um, that uh, despite all of that, I thought all of those trials and tribulations, uh, I've managed to rise to become a CEO of one of the biggest banks in Australia and then the CEO of the biggest postal logistics company um, as well. And I've done very well um, financially, 
but I've also been very fortunate that I've got a beautiful wife. I've got four amazing kids. Um, I've got a loving set of friends and family and, um, and the universe has been kind to us. And the thing that I've never worked out is why, why has the universe been kind to us? Why, um, have these things happened? Because along the way, there were so many trip ups and so many mistakes and so many things that didn't seem like it was working. And the one thing that Master's t- taught me is actually in business when you see or in life, when you see these big problems occur, mm-hmm. you think, oh, my God, it's a problem and I've, I've got bad luck or I've got bad karma around because I've had these problems. Actually, these problems and these challenges and these obstacles are exactly the kinds of things that allow you to propel to the next level. They are the universe's uh, schooling yes. in how to look deep within yourself and say, you, you've seen this and this will help you grow. Change is good. Change is positive. Change allows you to grow because if you don't change, you stay the same. Yes. And I didn't want to stay the same where we were. No. Uh, it's, it's like putting metal through the fire. You, know, you put metal through the fire, it hardens, it strengthens. Uh, and you can use it for higher, higher level purposes. Same thing here. All the changes that you go through, it's not about God forsaking you or anything like that, guys. It's really about strengthening you. So in business world, when you stand still, you decay. You go backwards. If you want to advance in your career, in your business, in whatever you're doing, in what you're trying to achieve, you actually have to change because the world around you, the universe and the business environment is changing. It's moving, it's dynamic, it's got an energy field around and it's changing. And the secret is to being successful is to find that rhythm, that vibration that sits comfortably with you and you've got to ride it. You've got to take the step, you've got to take a leap, you've got to make a change to in order to move to the next bit. Because if you don't, what happens? It's like a treadmill. If you stand still on a treadmill, what happens to you? You're going to fall over. You're going to go backwards, actually. I've had that done. (laughs) And and when that happens, (laughs) it's not. It's not a good feeling in business, not a good feeling in your life. And that change is something to look forward to and embrace. It doesn't mean that all the old things are bad. It just means that as you change, you bring all of that with you. And I think later on we'll talk about how you do that in business. You asked me a question. Beginning... Yes, yeah, so now, you know, we've set the foundation. So let's just go back to where it all started. Uh, again, guys, it's a really great motivational story. So, uh, again, I mean, a really quick, uh, I'm sorry, my parents immigrated from Lebanon um, uh, back in the 60s and they came out, uh, three or four kids. I was only just a young child and my father couldn't speak the language, et cetera, et cetera. And... Um, you know, we did it pretty hard. Uh, you know, we all had to, you know, make do with very, very little. But the thing that was amazing was that my father um, had um, two or three jobs to make uh, ends meet, uh, and um, and every obstacle came in the way to slow down uh, and make the family, you know, unhappy or sad or you know problems or financial situations and so forth. But in that situation, it was uh, it was the one of the best schools of learning you're going to get about um, what it is. And as I was getting an education and breaking through, and I got a fantastic um, education down here, uh, 
and got some good people around me, uh, life's lesson, lessons came pretty fast and thin. It's like drinking out of a fire hydrant. Mm -hmm. The two big lessons in those early days uh, that came about was that the only way to succeed was to actually embrace connections with other people when their vibration matched your vibration, when when their way of life and your thinking and their thinking and their feeling, and there was a connection there that enabled you to say, oh, I love the way you think, or I love the way you do this, and take a chance and actually go with it, go with that uh, thing. And I learned that pretty quickly because I had people who kind of had an interest in me, mentors, whatever you want to call them, and rather than say, oh, no, no, I can't be bothered or, you know, what's too much or what do they want from me or, you know, feel suspicious, I went with that. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that I learned very, very quickly. Um, and I thought, this is um, interesting. It feels a bit uncomfortable because they're different people, they're new people. But actually, these connections um, were very, very powerful. And then the other thing that um, struck me at a very young age um, at that time about the business world, um, and, 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 and this is really the key, is that progress occurs through the human spirit of innovation. There is something inside us, there's a creativity in all human beings that we want to create. And what is really critical is the ones who are successful versus the ones who are not are the ones that have an environment around them where that human spirit of creativity can flourish. So, for example, when you sit around at home with your kids, like my wife, Dione, and I do with our kids, sometimes at dinner we sit down and we're eating. I say to the kids this very simple question. Think of all the things that are challenging around the world for you right now. What are, what are all those challenges in the world? And what can you believe and conceive in your mind and in your heart that you can do that can make a difference to the way the world is. What innovation can you come up with? What ideas can you come up with? And my kids are coming up with apps and this and that. And what we're doing is we're sparking imagination and ideas out of them. Now, the other side is that there are some people who say to their children, just sit quietly, eat, finish your meal, and then go to your room and study. Or you're what doing does this wrong, and you're doing this wrong, and what yeah. did you do today? You did it all wrong. You should have done it better. Right? That's We hear that over and over again. Time and time again. So, but the way we grew up was, what are you going to do that's going to make a difference? And what we want to do is provide that nurturing environment for you to go for it. I learned those two things at a very young age. But let me tell you one story that uh, will we'll sort of put this in perspective. Visualize this. My father, one of his three jobs was as a janitor. He used to clean. And one of his three places he cleaned was a bank. He used to clean the branches, you know, he's vacuuming and doing all this stuff. And I used to go after school with him. I was maybe, I don't know, maybe about 10 years old. And he would, I would go into the manager's office and um, I would sit there sometimes doing my homework, sometimes pinching the cookies of the, that were in the office, whatever it is, you know, because young kids always want to eat anything that's in front of them, especially sweet things. And uh, my father came in and he didn't realize this, but he was a manifester at a very young age. He would say to me, he'd look at me and say, in you there is the potential to be the manager of this whole, um, this whole branch. You could run this. You could do this. And I know you have it in you. And that huge belief that your parents have in you allows your spirit 
and your will to feel invincible. You feel you can do anything when the people around you believe in you. And that's how he was like all the time. He just thought I was bigger and better than what I really felt I was. And he just kept pounding that into me. Well, fast forward um, 30 years after that, and um, I went to New York and we um, had a fairly big job working for one of the biggest banks in the world. And um, I ran their global investments. And um, we came back to Australia and I got offered the role of CEO of that bank, the wow. biggest bank in Australia. And it was the same bank. And I rang my father and I said, Dad, you know, I, I did get that job that you said. And he was like, that's great. You got the manager's job in that, in that branch. <laughs> I said, yeah, kind of that, but a little bit bigger than that. It's the CEO role of the whole, the whole thing. He's oh, the whole state. I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> the whole global operation. And so, um, so he was obviously very proud, but I never forgot until that moment, way back then, that enormous gift that a parent, a loved one, a spouse, a sibling, a friend could give, which is belief in the person when they don't have belief in themselves. Exactly. And I didn't understand it. I, from a business point of view, um, I'll talk a bit more about what that means and how you run corporations and how you recruit in the new paradigm. Mm -hmm. But I didn't understand that that was going on. But oh, I know you do because that's oh, you're an expert in <laughs> Well, that's what I do is I have so much belief because I actually see your potential. Uh, and then I pull that out of you just like a, maybe a, a strong parent would. You see the beauty, you see the grace uh, in individuals, uh, you know, and you embrace that, you hone that, you nurture it, and it'll start uh, start blossoming. I think meant for many of us, we never had, you know, an environment where we could really blossom and nurture. So, and once you bring that, you know, we're all so thirsty for that desire to really expand and exceed ourselves. Uh, and just to have somebody say, back you up, or just give you a little water. It's like watering a little plant. It just like flourishes and blossoms. All the people that I help, and I just blossom. And you know, all the kids uh, that that I have, they blossom as well. well that's exactly right. And yeah. what 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 I've learned from Mas is to to give me a little bit of perspective on a business philosophy that I've had that really came from that early stage of my childhood, which is. Um, human beings have an enormous potential for creativity and the ability to create things. Um, and, and I thought of it more, I think of it more like in a business sense, you know, ideas, you know, the creation of even social, some of these great social media applications like Facebook and Google and e-commerce company, Amazon and Google, where did they all come from? Mm -hmm. They came from humans, their ability to conceive and dream of huge changes in the way society works and the way business works. Why did those opportunities happen? What allowed one person to create something like this and another person to not? And this is what I believe is now the new business paradigm that's emerging. You see, corporations and businesses always thought and always think that the most important person in any organization is a customer. They will say, it's all about the customer. It's all about the customer. Or they might say, it's about making money. Oh, I want to make a return on investment. Bottom line. 
It's about the bottom line. It's about making profit. Look, of course, making a profit is important, but actually it's not the most important thing. And then what price do you pay for making that profit? A lot of, a lot of corporations, you know, they don't even take that into consideration. Well, when somebody wants to boost their profit in a lot of US, a lot of big corporations, what do they say? Let's cut costs. Let's get rid of people. Let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of that. Let's cut um, any kind of investment that we have. Um, actually, the new business paradigm recognizes that the most important asset in business is the people that work in the business. It's all about the people. So the adage that I grew up with is happy staff leads to happy customers, which leads to a happy shareholder. Yes. But it starts with the people that work for you. They make the customers happy and the customers then give you the income pay for your expenses and make a profit and it's a virtuous circle of life yes sounds pretty simple happy staff leads to happy customer but very, how many corporations really believe that exactly very few corporations do that uh they're always busy they're always running behind the game so they cut corners um you know the ei exponential intelligence business paradigm is really starting with say the top level managers because most you know most companies they'll bring in say motivation experts or or training experts, and then uh, you know the sales force or marketing force. Right? Uh, but if the CEO, the top level, the brain center, right, the leader, if they're not centered, if they're not complete, well, that just waters down everybody else, and they everybody else gets distorted. And then a lot of times the CEOs uh, they run off ego, you know, deep deep ego. They got to be bigger than the next company, right? They got to make more money. They know better, and so on. And then they oppress their employees. And then what do they do? The employees turn around and although they're forced to say, be happy with the customer, uh, many of you have experienced that, right? The, the, the initial is like, yes, they're polite and everything, but deep down inside, you know, you can tell that they're a grumpy customer. I mean, a grumpy customer service agent. So, you know, we work at the top level, you know, and then it flows all the way down. You have half, like uh, Ahmed was saying, Happy CEO, happy managers, happy employees, happy customer service individuals, sales rep, happy clients, uh, and a happy bottom line. Uh, and it's perpetual. That that happiness that is a is a culture. It's a philosophy. It's a it's a fundamental belief that's set from the board of directors right through the organization. And 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 if it's not authentic staff see right through that. I mean, yes. the last company that I ran when I was CEO before I retired um, a few months ago was 53,000 employees. And in those 53,000 employees, we just focused in on this concept of happy staff leads to happy customers. We, we decreased absenteeism, yes. staff engagement went up, motivation was up, our costs actually went down, we got new businesses, allowed people to really believe they were important. They were innovating. The staff were coming up with new ideas and they were growing the firm. I wasn't doing it. They were doing it because they knew that I had belief in them mm -hmm. and I opened up their world to say, just in the same way my mother and father believed in me as a young boy, I believed in them and their potential to take on the universe and do amazing, amazing things. Now, I was doing it from a, it just made good business sense. And it 
and that if you look after people, they will look after things for you and you don't have to worry about anything. What I hadn't realized that I was tapping into mm-hmm. was that I wasn't tapping into their 1%. Right? I was tapping into their 99%. They felt loved, appreciated, and they had a sense of purpose. Everybody's looking for that. They're not really looking for money. Yes, they're looking for money, but if that deeper inside feeling is not there, they just don't care. They're not going to be faithful to you. They'll jump over, you know, over to the other company. They'll pay more. Obviously, it doesn't make them happy. Uh, so. No, no, it's a, it's it's exactly um, what what you will find in your and in your own business life. Even in the Asajidi business, as such, I was I was so impressed uh, when I met Faye, who works for you and with you as your partner, um, and the way she runs the organization. I mean, you actually practice that. For example, the staff that I met in your organization, you don't just call them employees, you call them angels. And each one of them is an angel. Yes. And you are saying to them, you're not just an ordinary person, you are a special person. And you have a purpose. And you have a higher purpose. You give you give them plenty of rope to grow, to expand, yes. to create. I'm just saying in your own little world here, you are doing exactly what we're talking about right now. Exactly. And more and more, we're finding people, uh, you know, with this new EI business paradigm, uh, proof positive that it works, and it works really well. The thing that um, that I also would say to you, as you go through life, you will go up and down, and the things that are important to you in business, you will be faced with opportunities, you'll be faced with challenges along the way, and. I've got to tell you, you know, there have been plenty of times in my career where I've made decisions and I think, why did I do that? That was so silly, what I did, or I did it because of my ego, or I did it um, out of um, competitiveness. And each time I found myself making decisions from what I thought was a business competitiveness rationale, as opposed to going back to my principles of what is, what is really important in what we're trying to achieve. It never ends up turning out as well as it could. And that's a lesson um, that if you don't heed, you will be stuck in that spiral time and time again. If you do things for the wrong motivation, with the wrong motivation, you're, gonna, you're not going to go forwards. And you'll find you can't manifest, you can't create, you're not growing because you've actually... Um, got yourself out of a particular positive vortex that you're in. Well, let's talk about that. Let's go back, you know, to the logistics. Cause when I worked on it first, you know, I tapped into you and I go, Oh, so what happened around like the mid twenties? It's like, you yes. felt like you sold, you wanted to sell yourself or you sold to the devil. You want to talk about that and how you figured it out. And you sure. Did. Let's share that with hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. No, but it's a very good point. I mean, um, you know, well, it's you, important because uh, there's so many people that they'll take that shortcut. They will. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, I need it. It's like, no. You know, um, um, when you're facing hard times um, and you have, you know, and, and things are really tough in your family and you've got, you know, like literally very little to eat and you feel like you don't know where the next dollar is going to come in and you've got pressures everywhere. 
And, you know, my dad was really ill. He'd been in a car accident. We were eight children and mum was feeding everybody. And, and, you know, it was, there were times where it was impossible to know where the next, you know, sort of meal is going to come from. And you're the oldest. I'm the oldest boy of eight kids. Yeah. And so I felt like, you know, when we came, you know, I was reading letters. I was five, six, seven years old and I was reading the correspondence from the government to my parents, you know, to explain things. And when my dad had these accidents, it was really tough times. And, and it really, um, you know, failure meant, you know, lack of survival meant like you're not going to get another meal. And in that, in those times, you know, things come in front of you, um, that are very tempting. They're dangling out there and it's a shortcut to something. And, um, there's something inside you, I guess it's your spirit that's saying to you, look, you know, you really want, it's temp- you can have it and it's going to give you a quick short-term answer, but how sustainable is that going to be in your life? And um, when I was in my early 20s, um, my then girlfriend, who's my wife now, um, said to me, um, why are you so depressed at 25? You know, I, I, I'm like, you know, I haven't achieved these very important goals that I wanted. And, um, and they were all financial goals. They were mm-hmm. sort of very important financial goals because it was all about survival and succeeding. What I realized then is, um, I was prepared to say, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to these outcomes because I have to support my family is what I yeah. thought. I'm prepared to do whatever it takes. You know, um, that's not necessarily the smartest thing you could ever utter from your mouth. No, you never say I'll do whatever it takes because somebody, something will take you up on it. And people read your vibration. They'll read your vulnerability. They'll read your, your wanting of something and they will take advantage of you. They will come and they'll dangle this carrot. Yes. They'll give you this little thing and, 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 and your mind is saying, go for it. You know, this is easy, easy. Go ahead. But actually, if you stop, and I wish I knew how to do this, but somehow um, it, I was fortunate enough, which is if you, if you meditate, if you, even if you do prayer, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. Actually, it doesn't matter whether, if it's called a prayer, it's called a med- If you stop and look inside you and tap into inside you about what that clock is telling you about which way to go, is it right, right or left? It'll tell you not to do that or to, to, or to go with that. And if it's pure, it's, you'll feel it, won't you? Yes, definitely. You know, you, everybody has, if they just pay it just a tiny bit of attention, uh, to notice what feeling, you notice, notice what you notice, notice the details. If you pay just a tiny bit when, say, an opportunity, whether it's good or bad comes to you, you'll have that feeling deep inside that, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. And I'm in here, fortunately. Paid attention to that. I was I was freaking out because Mas was scanning me, as he says, and uh, he said, "What happened between 20 and 25? What opportunity came along? What did you walk away?" I'm like, "Okay, who you been talking to? <laughs> what, what 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 video recording do you have here?" And it was kind of freaking me out a little bit, but uh, but it's true, and I didn't, um, and I continued to it. But I guess what happened is is that I just kept applying myself. We worked hard. And so what stopped you? Because Sure, it'd be pretty tempting. You don't have to get into the details, but what was it that said, no, I'm not going to go this path. I'm going to stay on. might be a little harder for me, but then, so what made you, what was the deciding factor? What was that internal emotion? 
you know, I've never trusted anybody in my life uh, because uh, trust is something that's been running in our thing where I felt like people take advantage of my parents, take advantage of our family and do things that um, you just wouldn't do to somebody who doesn't understand. And, um, and, and, you know, my father's business partner, when he was in, ill in hospital, we'd had a train accident and he was there and my mother was looking after so many kids. And what he did is he, he bankrupted the company, took all the money out of uh, the business that they had, and he fled the country. And my father was ill, you know, unconscious, in hospital with, you know, at the time five or six kids. And this guy just sort of did that, you know, and like to violate the friendship, you know, the trust, and these young children who had absolutely nothing with the man ill in hospital, you know, like literally, um, you know, on his deathbed. Mm -hmm. And to do that to somebody, I, I just... And at the time, I thought, how evil can people be? So it caused me to be very untrusting at the time. Um, the thing that I realized along the way is that if you hold that so tight, you don't let anybody in and you only protect what's around you and you're always looking at the downside, um, it is impossible to grow. You can't grow. You're only going to be stuck in that situation. And so at the time, I was lucky enough um, to meet Dione. And the one thing that I said to you at the time mm -hmm. was that I felt like she was just an angel for me and that somebody who would kind of help me find a path through what I felt was um, some difficult times. So when you're running a business or when you're, you've got your own business or you've got a job, the second th lesson that I've learned is, is that not only do you need your parents and your family to provide you a nurturing environment, yeah. but when you leave home and you're out there, you need um, to connect with people. And if you're fortunate enough, your spirit to find another spirit that it really resonates with, it can, you have to open up and you have to take a chance because those people who don't take chances, and we know some people like that who don't want to take a chance, they're going to stay still. They're going to stand they're still. They're right. Basically, they're right. And I took a chance, and um, that was very, very fortunate to me. I also had, outside of my wife, I had some business people, some mentors. At the time, they weren't very senior people. They were just, you know, what seemed like middle-ranking, even lower-ranking people. Mm -hmm. um, and I got along really well with them. I really liked them, and we enjoyed each other, and we would go and... <coughs> discover this or work this out and think about this and have fun. And we started up little ideas together. But you know what happens over time when you take this chance with these people? These people make something of their life as well. Definitely. And you have connection and you have a thing. So people pull you along with them and say, come and try this or come and try that. But if you live in a little bubble to protect yourself because you're so scared, you'll never get it. You won't go forward. So for people starting out, whether you're young, old, I mean, just because a lot of uh, the people that I work on, it's almost like a, you know, a new identity, a new life that they start. So again, age doesn't really matter unless you're really, really old so, um, or really, really young. But, uh, you know, 20s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it's all the same. So what nuggets, two or three or however many, would you say is most important. Okay. Um, 
The first and most important thing, Mas, and that uh, maybe you can explain this in a way that the people who listen to this podcast probably better understand it in your language of EI, emotional intelligence. And and I would say to you that in my language, a couple of really important uh, uh, frames of it. Number one is um, you have to believe inside of you in every human spirit that exists on this universe, there is a special talent. And that's, we all have it. Nobody can say, well, I didn't get it. Some, I somehow missed that. That's all, that's all lies. That is not true. We are, we, we all have special talents. We all have abilities. I am no smarter than anybody else is. I'm the first one to get an education in my family. I don't have anything that you would say is unique. What I do have, self-belief that I can achieve those outcomes. And I believe every human has those uh, potential. And and the key and the most important thing is, is what do you do about it? In my view, what do you do about your special talent? Are you prepared to have a go? Are you prepared to try to? You don't have to do it yourself. There's plenty of people who also want to connect and try things and do things with you. But believe in yourself, believe in your talent, and believe that it's inside you, not outside of you. That it's not something that somebody has to gift you. It's not something you have to pray for. It's not something you have to beg for. It's not something you have to go and search for. It's inside of you. You're built in. You don't have to reach out for your higher spirit. God, God, if you believe in God or pure source, whatever you want to call it, it's already pre-built into you. Um, And it's not just about belief because a lot of people have belief but then they go i know i can do great things if only x happened right so the next step i guess would be how do you foster that belief even if your environment even if the people around you is not of a nurturing or fostering relationship how am i gonna say enhance or start to blossom nurture that belief that i have well that brings me to the second one which is it's all about human connection. And it's about connections um, with people, with the universe. Um, I believe the universe presents opportunities every second of time. It's there everywhere, always around us, always around us. But it's up to you to take it, to take the step forward, to do something, to, to go and grab it. You know, it's just there. It's just there. It's just there. Always and there. you are manifesting that and you don't realize it. You are actually, you think, oh, where did that opportunity come from? Actually, it's the way we all connect with each other and the way we manifest it, we can have it. I always say to all my children, anybody who cares to listen to me, whatever the mind of man, I should say the mind and the spirit of man can conceive and believe it can achieve you have to conceive it, you have to believe it, and you will achieve it. And that is a state of mind that I think a lot of people sometimes sort of understand it. I think having a wonderful person that can help bring this out in you, like Mus has brought that out in many people that I know, and that self-belief. You don't need to go to a motivational speaker. You don't need to go to school. It's inside you. Just find a way of tapping into it. So, so those components are deep within you. But then 
most of us have a lot of garbage and mm. you know we've stored that component way deep in the attic and it's like well where is it right so what i do through ei is get rid of all the garbage so you can actually find that gift that you have all of us like i'll mention all of us has a unique gift and i guess the third and uh, final thing that i started off with before and i would encourage all of you to have a think about if you are working or um, you are in a non-for-profit or for-profit or in a company or in a business and you have your own business, is to truly believe in the potential of the people that you work with. Like truly believe in their potential and create an environment where you um, can operate, can work together, can cooperate can uh, be energized and allow the one plus one to equal 10, not one plus one to equal two or 1.5, actually. Because right. sometimes two people working together, it's actually destructive. Yes, very. And therefore, think about and work out before you start anything, how can we together co-create an amazing opportunity for tomorrow? And if you're in an environment, especially if you're in a business leadership, or you're running your own business or you're a divisional manager or you're a CEO or, you, or anything like that, you're in charge of the culture that's set. Don't go saying, well, I can't do anything because my boss is like this. Right. I can't do this because this is happening to me. Right. No, no, no. It's happening to you because you've invited it in. You always have a choice. You can either change the atmosphere that you work in or leave that atmosphere altogether. Yeah, successful individuals, no matter what uh, genre they're in, they no matter what's happening to them, they always take an, uh, an opportunity uh, to expand and grow and enhance themselves. They never use it as an excuse. And I guess we've also learned that setbacks are really now no longer a negative word. You know, the word setback says I've been set Actually, no. I, I might finish off with this one story on my side, which is uh, the one of the founders of IBM in his early days. He, um, IBM, we all know it's a big uh, corporation and hundred billion dollar corporation. And um, in the early days, he had this one guy where he invested nearly fifty years ago, nearly a million dollars in a particular idea that he was pursuing. And a million dollars back then was a lot of money, and um, and that idea failed and this guy went to the ceo and said look i'm sorry this idea has failed i know you're going to fire me you know and the ceo said what do you mean fire you i've just invested a million dollars in your development and your potential and you now have a million dollars worth of ideas of what we shouldn't do and what are some of the other things that we could do this is an investment this is not a failure enlightened ceos that see their people as the people who are going to create enormous opportunities are going to run businesses and be part of businesses that are going to be light years ahead mm -hmm. of the old world. And I will say this to you about the old world, that old world of where you clock in, you clock out, you're treated um, like a machine. Right. Those corporations are all dying right now. No matter what level you're in. Guys. It is that those Boy, corporations are dying. Those corporations are dying. And you know what? The corporations that are going to be successful are the ones that introduce artificial intelligence. You say, well, hang on, if they bring in artificial intelligence and 
mechanical robots into the company. We're all going to lose our jobs. No, 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 no. This is a blessing because you know why? Robots should do things that run on a program because they're programmed and they're, they're just doing the same thing, same thing, same thing, and that's a robot. A human should be always creating, should be building, should be innovating. And the corporations that bring in the robotics to take care of the simple mm -hmm. and frees up the human, frees up the human potential to go beyond um, what we see today, they are going to be the corporations of tomorrow. So with that in, in mind, I know very successful individual. So what attracted you to what I do, what exponential intelligence is about? Uh, I know there's more and more, say, top-level individuals coming up, you know, very successful individuals, whether they're in athletics or anything else. It's like, well, what else can we do? What, how can we do it faster? How can we, we can reach our, say, ultimate potential faster? That's my theory, but why was it that you were drawn towards it? Um, well, the first one is I um, had this dream and uh, somehow I met you in my dream. I'd never met you before. I'd never heard of you. And the next day I booked the ticket and flew to wherever you were. And then you cancelled that event and I was there <coughs> without you. But uh, And then I finally got you. Uh, you're hard to get into, but, uh, but eventually I found my way to meeting you, which is wonderful. But uh, um, And the second thing is when I saw a photo of you, I thought somehow that my mother had another son that she didn't tell me about. Because <laughs> I thought, wow, this guy is really cool. He's like, he looks like me a little like bit. Me. Why we're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but uh, I think that the, the most important thing of it, uh, that I want to say is obviously my wife introduced me uh, to what, um, you're, what you're doing and what you're trying to do to help a lot of people in there. And that, and the two parts that I was drawn to the most mm -hmm. um, with you is, firstly, is one that's not about words. You know how, like, sometimes you just see somebody and you think, you just know. You just, like, you have this connection and, and yeah. you meet people and you think, I feel comfortable. I feel like I'm putting a sock on that I've always enjoyed putting on. You know, it's a... Now I'm a sock. <laughs> what the... <laughs> really? I mean, okay. It's just a sock. Right, yeah. That's my most comfortable <laughs> sock. But you know, you see, A pair of jeans, maybe? Yeah, a pair of jeans. Okay, let's right. say that. Let's say a pair of really nice jeans. Right. You know, it just feels really comfortable. Um, anyway, so it felt really good. It felt really good and it felt right. And the people that you had around you yeah. um, just felt um, really good to me. And you only told me that would be the case and uh, she was right. Number two, and I think this is actually the bit that um, um, I still have, like a lot of people who are in business, mm -hmm. um, parts of me that are still uh, primeval, which is a very controlling, like you, you want to always manage the downside and you've always, um, the fear of completely letting go. Mm -hmm. And, and that sense of I've got to keep moving, got to keep moving um, in such a way. There's a lot of energy there behind people who are driven like me. Yes. The question is, is that how can you um, deprogram that those fears, those anxieties, those lack of trust mm -hmm. that are built into you that actually stop you not just from going from zero to 20 where I am today, but I want to go from 20 to 100. Yes. And if I want to go from 20 to 100, I've done all I can do by myself. But there's nothing more amazing than if somebody can help take away the crap that's around you and turn what is a rough diamond into an amazing diamond. And that's what I feel that you've done for me and my family. Oh, thank you.
So, you know, the, the example zero to 20. So he has, I mean, this guy is a worker. So to get to 20 uh, in his paradigm, and this is what most people and most companies run this way too. It's like, well, zero to 20, uh, you know, we did like, it took a thousand kilowatt hours, right? And I'm just throwing examples. So now I want to get to a hundred. So that means I need to take, I need to work 4,000 kilowatt hours to maintain at a hundred. How can you do that? You've only got so potential. There's got to be faster, easier ways of doing it, not just creating more energy because it really destroys you. It ruins you. And I see a lot of CEOs, you know, they, it, they destroy themselves. They destroy the company. They destroy obviously their families. Uh, it's not about working more, working harder, more, uh, working more precise. You know, we've done all that multitasking and so on. Is there another potential that we can tap into? Uh, Amit was talking, he's done it through that 1%. Right? So what I'm, help, what I'm helping him go back to is that 99%, that it's got limitless potential. And it, and it doesn't grind you, it doesn't, it doesn't wear you out. It actually say, it, it's like a wave, like we're watching these waves. Uh, it'll come through and pick you up, just like a, a toned surfer. And you ride the wave into success and grandness and that ultimate being. Uh, and you'll actually get to enjoy it rather than wearing yourself down. Well, thank you, uh, Masanda. And I encourage all the people out there who are aspiring in business that you can have 360 degrees yes. of abundance. You can have it. And you don't have to do it despite the people around you. That the best asset you have is the people around you and to be, you know, grateful and thankful for that human connection is really important. You mean you don't have to suffer and go in misery? You don't have to sell your soul or your body like some women do? No, well, that's no. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> the problem is, is that um, I can assure you this is actually a big problem, is the more you light up that spirit, it's actually dealing with all the abundance that comes with it. And I don't mean just financial, but lots of other positivities. And you really realize that word limitless is really a powerful, powerful word. It is beyond your imagination what you can have mm -hmm. by really tapping into your the best of inside of you, not just what's outside of you. Excellent. I think we've got it all. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Wonderful, wonderful interview. Ahmed, thanks for being here. Thanks Pleasure. for being my close friend. Thank you. Uh, thanks for uh, letting us use your space out here in beautiful Australia, which I'm sure we'll visit more. Um, thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Notice what you notice. Start noticing the details uh, of what you notice. Take care, and I'll see you soon. Thank you.